Welcome to Understanding the Law Radio, your business success and legal information station. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Lion, thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm Peter Lamont, your host, along with my co-host, Brendan. And we're going to be doing something that I like to do every year, which is um, an episode focusing on vacation safety and liability. And keep in mind before we get into it, because it is a more serious episode than normal. Not to say you won't have fun if you like the sillier episodes. This is a We're going to talk about a lot of interesting stuff, and you're probably going to learn things. But as I was saying, before we get into that, I need to mention we just did an episode about vacationing, specifically about Walt Disney World and the crazy lawsuits that people have, you know, filed in the past. And we did yeah, that episode nuts. just now. Yeah, they, they were nuts. They were crazy, yeah. yeah. And so go check that out. And similarly, we're going to be doing episodes on m- movies for the summer. Uh, we're going to be doing an episode on Jaws as well as uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah, we're going to be talking about liabilities, right? Like, so what right. would have happened if, um, you know, there was a lawsuit in Jaws? Right, right. Right, you what know. if they didn't throw the oxygen tank in Jaws' mouth and blow him up? What, right. what, what if Brody had been sued? Mm, right. What if the mayor had been sued? But we're going to do those in a little while, so you have time to go and watch the movies. Uh, go see them so you can enjoy our discussion slash, you know, uh, ranking uh, slash It's going to be an analysis. About, it's, yeah, we're going to do it's, something it's really analysis. cool. We That's are, the word I'm looking for. Right. We are going to take these common, you know, or, or popular pop movies, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put a spin on it. We're going to talk about how... They could have played out in the real world, right? Because in the real world, if you broke into Wally World, John Candy would, would, not, would not let, let you, you go. Have a fun time on no, all the rides. He would not be on the roller. And I no. doubt fake Walt Disney would have, hear it at all. Nope. Nope. Roy Wally. Was that his name? Yeah, Roy, it was Wally. Roy Wally. Roy Wally would not be happy. And you would be in jail. So He would gonna, not be happy at all. He wouldn't. So we are going to go through that on the next uh, couple of episodes. But today, I want to focus on some things that are serious, some things that you're not going to think about when you're preparing for a vacation. But there are things that could lead to injury and or liability, neither of which you want on what is to be a, very, a relaxing vacation. Right. So the first thing I want to talk about, and we'll jump right into it, is packing for your vacation. Safety and liability, packing for your vacation. Okay. Now doesn't seem like too much can happen when you're packing. It doesn't. I mean, look, I'm sure that there are husbands who have sued their wives because their wives have made them carry too much 50, stuff 60, in the bags. 70 pounds of luggage. <laughs> and th- who knows? Right. Too much stuff in the bags. Right. But no, what we're going to be talking about now is when you put luggage on your roof using your mm-hmm. roof rails. Got it. All right. So there's two ways of doing it. Well, there's three ways, but there's two ways of doing it correctly. One is with a storage box, you know, a, a, a traveling box, like an X-Cargo or one of the other brands. Mm-hmm. Two is that you put it in one of these these vinyl bags, these plastic bags, and, and they sit on your roof, right? And right. three are the people that just throw it up there, right? Like old school, let's just throw up the suitcases. Mm-hmm. That is not the way to go, by the way. But anyway, what I want to talk about is the risk of serious injury and death to other motor vehicles and and other drivers if 
you don't have your roof rack really, really secure. Now, there's there's three types of people that I am aware of right? when it comes to roof racks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about the people that will wrap rope and straps and bungee cords around their box to the point that they could literally drive through a tornado. And that, and that box, moving. it's not moving. Right. Their roof will rip off before the box rips off, mm-hmm. okay? It takes them about 45 minutes to undo all of the ropes in order to get their stuff out of the storage box. Then there's the people on the far end of the spectrum who will tie it up, maybe very thin rope, and they're just going to hope for the best. They just feel like the weight of the box, the weight of the suitcases, they'll be fine. It's not going to fall. And then there's the middle of the road people. But I'm sure that you've been aware or driven down something like uh, 95 if you're heading down towards Florida, and you've seen luggage scattered on the roadway. All over. Clothes. Have you seen that? Yes, I have, as a matter of fact, many times. Right. And so you know that these things happen. You know that luggage falls off of the roof. Mm -hmm. But here's the part that's scary. Let's say you've got a suitcase inside of your carrier and the carrier's not latched right and that suitcase goes flying out. Yeah, it's sad that you're going to lose all your clothes, right? But here's what's what's really frightening. What if that suitcase hits the road, bounces off the road, and hits the windshield of the car that's following behind you? Mm-hmm. Or what if that car happens to be following a little bit closer and that luggage goes right into the windshield? That could kill somebody. It could injure somebody. And who's responsible for those injuries? You are. You would be. Yeah. Right. You are negligent for either the way that you packed the carrier, the way that you secured the carrier. You're the one that's going to be in trouble, right? And so, okay, you say, well, I've got auto insurance, and that's what that's for. But let me ask you this question. How would your vacation be if you ended up killing somebody because your luggage wasn't secured properly? Despite the fact that you've got insurance that might cover it, you, would you want to live with that? So this is a serious thing. Now, there's really two main issues with respect to your luggage. Number one is when you put it up in one of these boxes, making sure that it's latched properly so that it's actually closed because a lot of times you can close the lid and it doesn't catch, it doesn't lock. Right. And so that's a problem. And then number two is problems with the roof rails themselves either not having the box secured properly, putting it in the wrong location. So let's just talk about a couple of these things. So with respect to packing these roof racks, here are some tips that you need to be aware of. Number one, follow the manufacturer's specifications. Do not overfill the storage box. I don't care if your wife is packing 70 pairs of shoes for your one-week vacation don't don't overpack, right? Just follow what they say. Every box has a recommended weight capacity or weight limit. Don't exceed it. Just it's not worth it. And here's another tip. Make sure that what's in the box is properly placed so that you don't have one or two small heavy items that as you break and stop and 
are going to slide forward because that constant sliding forward, sliding backwards could cause the box to move. Mm-hmm. And that's the brings me to the third point. Make sure you don't have to go crazy, right? You don't have to be that guy that has six bungee cords, duct tape, rope, straps, but make sure that it is secure. Test it. Oftentimes, as you tighten a strap, it might make another strap loose. It's worth it to take a few extra minutes and make sure that it's secure. Absolutely. Now, Brendan, you had a story um, that happened to you that you were telling me about when you were going down. Um, That's right. On it was a, a long time ago. I was much younger, and my dad had packed the uh, luggage case thing, roof rack, put it on top. And as we're driving, we hear sliding noises and, you know, shaking and rumbling coming from the roof. So we tried to just think, you know, oh, it's probably nothing. We ignored it. And a little while later, as we're driving, the wind's hitting it, and we just keep hearing these noises. So we pulled over uh, at, like, a rest stop-like area, and we realized it was not secured properly. The, The rack on the bottom was loose, and something was wrong with it. So we had, my dad had to go into the local dollar store all sweaty from the summer heat, looking very disheveled, and asked, I need a knife and some rope. And the cashier was very concerned. But we got the knife and the rope, and he secured it super tight, and it was fine the rest of the way. But if we hadn't pulled over, who knows what would have happened. Well, the issue there was what? A a broken... It was, I think it was a, a broken... Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. The bars, there are usually two bars on top of the car that you secure the roof rack to. One of those was broken, and that's what the issue was. So that's a situation where you have to really be checking your car. Could he have, if something were to have happened, theoretically sued the car company? Well, it depends. So, A, is it a car that was a, a rental? Is it a car that was a lease? Is it a car that was old is it a car i mean first you got to look at those factors then you've got to see whether or not it was a manufacturer's defect what if it's just wear and tear mm-hmm. right how old was the car do you know um i don't remember all right yeah, let's say it's it's an older car and it's in your possession for years it's your obligation to check and make sure that the vehicle is safe right. sometimes things get old and they rust, they break, they, so it's your obligation to, to do it. And I think that an argument could be made that, Hey, if you put the box up there and you didn't realize that it was broken, it's still your responsibility and still your fault. So it's really important because you, you hate to have anybody injured as a result of luggage or anything else falling from your car. So, so that's number one. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about is a little more, um, a little more disturbing, if you will, but it's something that a lot of times you don't think about. And and the only reason that I'm even bringing it up is because uh, sometime back in 2007, maybe 2008, I had a case where we were involved in defending um, some, some of the named defendants in the case. But it stemmed from uh, an 11-year-old boy who put his fingers in the door jamb. You know where the hinge is in a hotel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So we're talking, he was in a hotel with his parents. Got it. And they were coming out of their door. And these doors, I mean, I'm sure you know they're heavy. Mm-hmm. They are often on like spring-loaded hinges, so they close pretty quickly. 
oftentimes they're made of metal because they're, they're security doors, right? They're supposed to protect hotel guests from somebody right. trying to break in. Well, this kid stuck his hand in that door jam area where the hinges are, and it slammed back so hard that it actually amputated his fingers. And and that's, you know, a serious thing. And ever since that that case I had, I always told my kids, don't put your hands in there. Don't even go near there because... Mm-hmm. Even if you're an adult and you put your hands in there, you could get your finger amputated. That's how how forceful these doors close. You know, stuff you don't even think about. No, you don't. It's very dangerous. Where's the warning on a hotel door? Hey, don't stick your fingers in here, right? Because they just assume that nobody's going to do it. But I've found myself doing dumb things when I was a kid, you know, and not not that I was being stupid, but kids just, you know stick their hands in places they shouldn't be and a parent cannot watch every second mm-hmm. of every interaction with their kids you know you're, you're there checking to see do you have the stuff to take with you on your your day adventure and and here you go you got a kid that stuck his fingers in there and now he's got no fingers so it's horrible but it's really good if you can learn from somebody else's experience and make sure that you talk to your kids about sticking their fingers in the door. I, it sounds ridiculous. You might be listening to this saying to yourself, are you kidding me? But you would not be surprised how many times a kid gets injured. You would injured. be surprised. You would be surprised yeah, that's how many what I times. Yeah. You would be surprised how many times a kid gets injured mm-hmm. by a hotel door. Right. So that's another factor that I think you got to be focused on. Mm-hmm. Now, this one is a little more common. Drowning. Drowning and pool accidents, right? So oftentimes people say, well, there's a lifeguard on duty or there isn't a lifeguard on duty, you know? And if there's no lifeguard on duty, swim at your own risk. Do parents typically pay more attention? I don't know. Arguably, if you're swimming at your own risk and there's nobody to watch your your child, uh, maybe you're paying a little bit more attention. Right. Um, But... What about when a lifeguard is on duty? And there have been a ton of lawsuits involving drownings and accidental deaths or serious injuries where the hotel has provided a lifeguard and now they're exposed to liability because now you can sue the lifeguard for Mm -hmm. inadequate supervision. But, you know, here's the point. Who cares how much money you get from suing the hotel and the lifeguard if your kid is dead or seriously injured. Absolutely right. The point here is that there's this false sense of security when it comes to hotel lifeguards. You should not trust a hotel lifeguard. There have been instances where, although it could be considered negligent, a hotel hires somebody that's not a certified lifeguard. Or you hire somebody that is a certified lifeguard but has had instances or issues in the past where maybe something happened while while they were you know on Mm -hmm. duty right right and maybe they should not be a lifeguard anymore but they are point is don't get lulled into believing that this or lulled into this false sense of security that just because there's a lifeguard means that you can close your eyes while your kid's in the pool drownings happen every year Right. Every year and, and, and sometimes it's a lot of them. So that's one other factor where we see a lot of lawsuits, but who cares? Like I said, 
Who cares if you recover two and a half million dollars, your child's dead, mm-hmm. right? So don't let that lifeguard situation fool you into thinking that it's okay. Another area of concern, and yet another area where perhaps you could sue the hotel, but why would you want to even get in this situation, right. is premises liability issues within a hotel. So you were telling me that you were in a hotel not too long ago, um, like a 1970s. Yes, it was a, it was a Holiday Inn, I believe. Uh, and interestingly enough, it did not look like any other hotel I've been in. It seems that at one point, a lot of the lobby was actually outdoors and that it was once a motel because out my window, instead of like normal hotels, you see, you know, outside the hotel, out my room window was the lobby. And, you know, that in itself is interesting, but there's also the pool. It was just a very strange layout. But what was what I noticed was that they had a very, very low balcony that. If I didn't look like where I was going, I could have tripped and fallen very far down into the main lobby. Well, that's the thing. You know, they, they've they got these hotels, and, yeah, maintenance and upkeep is a thing that they're supposed to do, but they sometimes don't. Mm-hmm. You could have a railing that's loose. You lean over the railing, and the next thing you know, you know you're falling into the lobby or outside the door, and, and, and you're paralyzed. All right. Um, I remember one time when I was younger, my grandmother, we were in a hotel that had a pool inside. Um, It was almost similar to what you're describing, where the hotel rooms had balconies that faced inside into the hotel, and there was a pool in the middle. Mm -hmm. And there were slopes of, uh, like, the way that the, um, the, there were ramps and slopes and bumped areas, and there was an area where the rug had become detached it was a carpet that had become detached from um you know the corner of the the pool area and i remember my grandmother was walking and caught her her foot on it and ended up breaking her ankle and so you know could could my family have sued the hotel probably they they didn't they weren't those type of people um but the fact is that yeah, a hotel may have liability, and there's tons of areas where liability can attach, where you can be negligent as a hotel owner for not maintaining your property. Mm-hmm. But again, there are premises liability issues that you absolutely should be aware of as a guest because who wants to spend your vacation in a hospital or in a cast or in a sling and and you know be able to sue? So understand that hotel maintenance, hotel renovation, hotel safety. I always treat it as, you know, you're at your own risk. You've got to make sure you are aware of your surroundings and be, you know, moderately or reasonably at least cautious. Mm -hmm. You know, don't just rely on the fact that, hey, I'm in a Hilton and it looks really nice. Uh, Now I'm going to lean over this banister because it looks like it's secure and it isn't. You know what I'm saying? Right. All right, another area of concern, and and this one's interesting because from a liability standpoint, you're going to see something a little bit different. We've talked about being able to sue if, if you know you have an injury at the pool, or being able to sue if you have an injury inside of a hotel. You're going to sue the hotel uh, owners, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what about places like national parks? 
you're in nature. National parks are a little more free with respect to safety measures. Right. Right? You're going to go see, you know, um, I don't know, you're going to go to the Yosemite, you know, National Park, or you're going to go to Grand Tetons, or you're going to go to the Petrified Forest, or wherever you're going to go, right? Mm -hmm. It's not as though they say, hey, let's rope off nature and let's keep this completely safe. It's nature, for crying out loud. So you're out in the open, and what if you get injured on a park property? Where's your liability? Who can you sue? Well, as you would imagine, it is nearly impossible to turn around and sue the federal government. And these parks are federally owned, operated, maintained. So, sure, there have been cases where you've, you're able to sue for the gross negligence of you know, the federal government in maintaining the, the parks. But nine times out of ten, if you're in a national park, your ability to turn around and sue somebody is slim to none. So, again, be aware of what you're doing in these parks because government has immunity for regular negligence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could end up injured or injuring somebody and there's nobody to sue. So, you know, look, the bottom line is that there's danger in everything and uh, you got to be careful, especially on vacation. Vacations are supposed to be fun. That they are. Everybody needs one. Yep. I need one right now, as a matter of fact. I think I should take one right now. You've been on vacation this entire episode. (laughs) I'm not sure about that. No, but I think that um, just being aware of some of these things, you know, when, when you are on a vacation, the last thing you want is to end up in the emergency room. I remember, I don't think I've told this story yet, but I remember once my grandmother was in a hotel and tripped over loose carpet and ended up falling and breaking her ankle. And then we spent like, I don't know, a day and a half in, in the emergency room and having her get a cast. And then, so it was like a big chunk of your vacation. Now, not that I was mad that my grandmother fell, but you know, in reality, the hotel was to blame because of the dangerous condition that existed. And, and my parents probably could have sued, but they didn't. But, you know, you lost two days on vacation and now, you know, your grandmother's got a broken ankle. So I know it sounds like doom and gloom, but it's not. It's just a right. matter of right. looking out for some safety. Absolutely. You want to hear another story? I would love to hear another story. All right. So let's go back to around 2008. I had let's this. Let's do it. I had this case. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately I did not take the case, but here's what the case was. It was a woman who was zip lining and she was down in like, I don't remember where she was, Costa Rica or somewhere like that. And so she was zip lining through the jungles. And as you zip line through, you know, you're supposed to come to a slower stop, right? So you don't get hurt. Right. Well, there was something wrong with her harness or, or whatever. I, I'm not quite you know sure of the exact details because, like I said, I didn't take the case. Um, but she ended up going feet first into a tree, trying to stop her forward momentum on a tree. And when her feet hit the tree, mm-hmm. her lower legs basically exploded. Oh, that's disgusting. Like 
bone this, shattered this, I everyone. This was gonna be a fun vacation story. No, no, it, it was like it was like the predator. Ah, remember when the predator leaves the bodies up in the tree? No, didn't see it. You've never seen the predator? I started, but I fell asleep. With Arnold Schwarzenegger, I fell asleep. It was not because it was boring. It's probably a really good movie. Get to I the chopper. Just, yes, I know. I know about it, but I watched it at like midnight one night, and then I fell asleep. I will again, again. Glad yes. you started your vacation yeah. at the beginning of That's this right. episode. So thanks and apparently for that. when I was watching The Predator. Maybe it's possible that you've just been on vacation for extended periods of time. Maybe I've been on vacation since the day I was born. That's how I like to think about it. Oh, my God. Life is a vacation. Life's a highway. Enjoy it. <laughs> I'm going to ride it all night long. All right. We better get, get out of here. Because this is just going south. Better get out of town. South of the border. Oh, boy. We're both <laughs> going for the same thing there. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so. If you have a moment, just please give us some feedback on Apple Podcasts, especially. Uh, the feedback helps us. It helps the show, and, and we just greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to tell your friends and family about the show, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. Make sure you follow Peter on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and stay tuned for future episodes.